Mindfulness Mode 226. It'd be like taking your fingers and skimming your, you know, all of the sensors off of your hand going, that's a good idea. Because then when you touch the stove, I won't know it's hot. You're listening to today's episode of Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Thanks again for joining us today. Last time, we had a man on who has really made an impact on the world. Something tragic happened, at least he witnessed and was part of experiencing a tragic event, which moved him to make a difference in the world. He wrote a song, and that song has now hit almost 1.7 million downloads and has been heard all over the globe. Cameron Brown. If you haven't heard his episode, you'll want to go back and hear episode 225. Today, I'm with Allison Suter. I'm not going to tell you a lot of details. I'm going to just leave it with you to enjoy the episode. I think you will truly enjoy today's episode. But before I do, I want to mention you can get your free Fine-Tune Your Focus 5-Step Challenge by just going to mindfulnessmode.com slash focus. It's free, it's video if you wish, or you can just listen to the audio and it'll gently move you into some meditating experience. If you've already been meditating, I think you'll enjoy it, or if you're brand new, I think it'll be of value. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode with Allison Suter. Okay, Mindful Tribe, I have Allison Suter here today. Hey, Allison, are you in mindfulness mode? I sure am. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Allison Suter, I'm going to share a little bit about her with Mindful Tribe. Allison Suter is a contemporary spiritual teacher well known for her ability to seamlessly blend spirituality and practical self-help teachings. She does this in such a way that she makes spirituality relevant to daily life. How perfect is that? Allison has created life-changing digital courses that serve students in over 32 countries. That's pretty impressive. Mindfulness is a central focus of her life every day. That's how she is so powerful in her ability to help others. And as you meet Allison, you'll find out that she's really got this nailed. She resides with her husband and her three girls in Chicago. And she has a, a book that's coming out called Accelerate Your Mojo. So we're going to be talking about that. So Allison, tell us about mindfulness and what that really truly means to you. Well, what it means to me is actually just being present, like both intellectually and emotionally in every moment, like talking with you now, I'm not thinking about what I'm doing tomorrow, what I'm having for lunch, you know, just being as all bodied present as you can in every moment of now. And so you're a teacher, and you help others get that concept, too. How did that come about? Have you always been a person who wanted to teach and help others? Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's what I went to college for. I got my master's degree in administration. You know, I taught for a couple years before my girls were born. Then I stayed home with my girls, and now mm -hmm. I'm sort of working my way back in with both um, personal development courses digitally for adults, and then I teach at Montessori School for kids and talk about mindfulness. Like, that's you know, you can't get more mindful than a two-year-old playing with a toy. They don't care about anything. They're no. like, right there, right now. It's all about the moment. And it's a great reminder for me. It's like a day off. 
to yeah. be mindful, just to be with kids who are there. You know? And the funny thing is, you they get home, you ask them what they did during the day. It's like, I don't know, like it doesn't matter to them. It only yeah. matters in the moment, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. the way my son's always been. So he's always had a natural sense of mindfulness. But I think all kids do. It's us as adults who somehow take that away from them, isn't it? Yeah, it's the worry. It takes us out of where we are now. So, you know, just got to remember not to not to be so obsessed with things that aren't happening now. Right. So you teach different kinds of courses, I understand. Tell us about some of the courses you teach. Um, one of them's on visualization, the most popular one. And that's basically how to, you know, use this mental capacity that we have not to take us in a wrong direction, but literally to take us back to mindfulness and understanding where we are now and how to use this imagination that's a functioning faculty that we all have, not to carry us in the wrong direction, but to carry us peacefully in a direction that we do want to go. Um, there's one on law of attraction. There's another one on um, um, abundant mindset. So mm-hmm. people get kind of, you know, that, that's one thing that can take you out of the present moment is worrying about money, yes. you know, because it's so necessary to live. So. And do you find that a lot of your students connect with you and then want to learn more from you as a result of, of learning from you initially? Um, yeah, you know, there's a, a way to connect with the students on the um, platform of Udemy. We can talk, you know, via mm-hmm. email and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think what I've done right is I've created the course in a way that becomes so absorbing that they don't necessarily need a lot of support. And that was my intention. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely brings them into the present moment using their emotional guidance system, using their, you know, their visualization capabilities and stuff just to be, um, in a, in a mindful creative mode that, that helps them understand their true power to create. And mindfulness is one of those things that helps us, um, understand how we're creating our world as it is and then do more of the creating that we like and less of the creating that we don't. Right. Well, creativity is is something that we all have, we're all born with, but it seems like we start to lose it as we grow older or sometimes, I don't know whether it's more for men where it seems like it's almost a dirty word sometimes. You got to be productive. You got to be, you know, doing all these things to make, make money or make income. Do you find it's more of a male thing that they lose their creativity or is it just all as adults we tend to well it depends on how you define it if you're defining creativity as an art-based function well then maybe you don't define yourself as creative when i say creative i mean literally creating the fabric of your reality Mm -hmm. you are doing that i am doing that we're all doing that otherwise we wouldn't have a life we wouldn't have a house and uh relationships and food you know lunch before us on a plate so when i say create creativity this creative uh creative faculty I mean the ability to literally create a life for yourself and however you're defining that, right. like what kinds of things you're doing. So, And so sometimes we just can't get connected to what we really want in life and we just feel like we're struggling or overwhelmed. How do you help people through that? Well, you have to understand the three things of the book, connecting with your intuitive guidance, mm-hmm. getting rid of this um, habitual nature of being fearful instead of ease filled and literally connecting with who you really are, which is this, you know, if you're not a person who believes in source or God or 
you know, spirit, whatever you want to call, then this mm -hmm. may not make sense to you. But as an individual, this is where your creative functioning begins with this relationship with who you really are, which is this energy, this consciousness. Right. So, you know, you're using that all the time. So you have seven simple steps in your book, Accelerate Your Mojo. Can you outline some of those steps? Sure. Well, the first step is to ask for what you want, because now that can be done in many different ways. You either have to verbalize if there is someone in your world that you can um, talk to. I mean, how many times do we just not ask for what we need? Right. There's that. There's also this aspect of dreaming, you know, about what you really want and being mm -hmm. clear about I'd like to have X, Y, Z sometime in the future. Um, and then this one aspect that people don't do is they don't emotionally align with it. What they do is they go right into fear <laughs> based right. mode. Yeah. They don't align with ease and, and a feeling of satisfaction before it's there. So it stops themselves. So that's the first step. Right. So many of us are just, we're afraid of fear. You know, the fear happens. It's like we got to push it down, push it down, push it down. How do we embrace the fear? How do we allow it? How do we just let it happen? Well, don't try to get rid of it. It'd be like taking your fingers and skimming your, you know, all of the sensors off of your hand going, that's a good idea. Because then when you touch the stove, I won't know it's hot. Well, that's not really a good idea because you're going to burn your hand. So, it sounds so ridiculous. And that's such a great analogy that well, you've it, used. It is ridiculous. I mean, yes. how, live fearlessly. No, you can't. I don't know one human being who's been able to live fearlessly. So let's just knock that off the books. So how have we arrived here? How did we get to this point where we tend to push our emotions down so much? I don't know whether it's mostly North America or whatever, but as a people, it seems like it's a huge issue. Well, it is. I think consciousness has evolved over time. I and mean, people have evolved for millions and millions of years. But I think when we understand it's a guidance system, Mm -hmm. And it just says to you, whenever you're, wherever you are on the spectrum, and it's a spectrum, and you fluctuate on any given day, and let's say you're down in depression or anxiety or fear, if you look at it like the gas tank on your car, and you go, oh, my gas tank's empty, got to fill it up. It's an indicating system. If you go, oh, I feel anxious, it's an indicating system that you're separate from your, your essence, your really, your pure positive energy, vibrational spirit, soul, whatever. So it tells you, my real, the real me is here, and I've decided through free will and experience to go over here. Okay, no big deal. So now what I'm going to do is start to pay attention to what I think I believe to be true for me, which is maybe I can't have that experience, or you know, I'm not good enough, or I can't do that, which is just a habitual belief system. It isn't your worthiness. It isn't. Your, it's just a practiced thought pattern. That's it. No big deal. Okay, great. Move right. back. <laughs> so what's another step? to ignite your intuition? The second step is desire and understanding what desire is because desire has been misunderstood. Desire has been habituated as something people think is painful. All you gotta do is listen to pop culture right. or read a book on, I lost my love and now I want it back and oh, it hurts. It's like, we've misunderstood what this actually is. Mm -hmm. So. When you can redefine that and when you understand it's actually a positive thing, it's a positive emotion, it's aligned with excitement and curiosity um, and, you know, positivity, then once you've asked for what you want, you can stop the practice of slipping down into fear and you can align with desire, right? And then you can kind of begin to move your feet a little bit more. Okay, so you, you move your feet a little more and then where do we go? So the next step is um, 
<laughs> I actually have to look. I don't have my outlines here. Okay, third step is belief system. So this is such a big one. Like belief systems literally create the fabric of our reality. We create our own stories. We create this thing that's so real for us, but it sounds ridiculous to someone else, right? Exactly. And so the thing that I think is most important is when you've shifted a belief system, and by the way, they're not subconscious, and I could go on and on and on about this, but if you have an emotion attached to it, and if you have something happening in your reality, it's not subconscious. But when a belief system is shifted, it will look illogical. So if you have a belief system that says, I'm no good, like I'm just not worthy as a person, no self-confidence, no self-esteem. When you have shifted that, you will see how illogical it looks. And so you're, you'll be aware of it as it shifts, but it's not subconscious. But wait, Allison, everybody says that. Everybody says it's subconscious. It's, you know, there's the conscious, there's the subconscious. No, this is so fascinating to talk with you because isn't that true? That's the overwhelming message that you get from self-help books and from so many different people that you've got your conscious, you've got your subconscious, you've got this story going on in your subconscious. So I'm fascinated that you are telling us it's not subconscious, it's conscious. Okay, so again, definition. If you're defining subconscious as this portion of your mind that is harboring belief systems that you are not aware of and that is sabotaging your results, that's not logical. Now, unconscious is different. Our heartbeats, our fingernails grow. There's an aspect. But if a belief system has an emotion attached to it, then you're aware of it. The problem is most people have been so habituated in condition to feel something, they almost become numb to it. It's not that they don't feel it. I mean, think about how many times people go, oh, it's subconscious. They're talking about it. If you're talking about it, it's not subconscious. Okay. You're talking about it, right? But they're so shaded to believe that somehow there's a portion of their mind that is messing with them, that there's nothing they can do anything about. Right. Yes, you can. So how can we? So tell us how we can change. Pay attention to how you feel. Pay attention to how you feel, what you say, and what's showing up in your reality. Very valid, tangible proof. That's your belief system. And then you just have to figure out how to word it, right? And it's not subconscious. Because the other thing is, the the idea of a subconscious mind produces a sense of victimization. If you really believe that pure positive energy is the source of you, that rubs against the very nature of consciousness. It doesn't fit. It means you're a victim. I don't believe you're a victim of anything. Me, I'm not a victim of my mind. I'm not a victim of my circumstance. I'm not a victim of spirituality. There are not, you know, I don't have bad karma following me around. Because there's one moment in time, it's right now. There is no past and future. It can't be true. Right. And you obviously have very positive energy. And, you know, it's just great talking with you. I want to know what the the next simple step is. All right, you have to allow. Okay, and that's a huge one. I think that's one that one's you can make it look easy, but for some people they just simply don't know how to do it. And I will admit, I've struggled with that one a lot. Uh, learning how to just let go, let things happen. Okay, that doesn't mean when I say allow, it doesn't mean lay down on the couch and never give up. That's <laughs> okay. not what it means. Yeah. It means from an emotional standpoint, stop pinching yourself off with negativity, with judgment, with fear, mm-hmm. with um, jealousy, with all of these emotions that 
literally tie a noose around you and your connection to the real you, which is pure positive energy. Those are the noose around your neck, those negative energies. When you let that go, you literally flood yourself with all the innovation, creativity, motivation, positive energy. It's all there right now as we're talking, coming through you, but we pinch it off repetitively. We don't allow. So when I mean allow, I don't mean, you know, go study um, in India in a, in a mosque for six months and do nothing but om. That's not what I mean. I mean, just accept your awesomeness. Keep moving forward. Don't beat yourself over the head. Learn to be in situations that normally cause you stress and strain and move up the emotional spectrum one situation at a time until you can allow more. This is a lifelong thing. This is not a done tomorrow quantum leap thing. This is a lifelong thing. Right, right. Well, speaking of negative energy, I've worked in bullying prevention for quite a long time, Allison, and I know that a lot of people, you know, they get caught up in this negativity and they don't know how to deal with it, of bullying. Do you have a bullying story that you can share with us where mindfulness would really have completely changed that scenario? Yeah, absolutely. With my kids. You know, there's a story every single day in every school system around the country where one child is so unconnected, disconnected from who they really are, they come at another kid with a vengeance, right? Right. Every day. Um, for my own girls, what I do when they come home with these stories is we just, we first we talk about the fact that the person coming at them is disconnected from who they really are. Right. They're so angry. They're so jealous, upset. You know, whatever they got going on in their life mm-hmm. is causing them to feel and act in a particular way. So first right. we center them. And then we just say, well, what, what do you think is the best? Because every situation is different. Sure. So whether it's an immediate friend of theirs or something that they witnessed, you know, are you, are you a bystander in this? Are you helping? Are you? So we just talk about the situation in and of itself, how they can center and from this place of center make a decision on what inspired actions to take, right? Because everything's different. Every situation is different. So, you know, um, last night my daughter got some text messages which caused her to cry and it was about a school project. Right. Um, so, you know, we just talk about how the child sent these from a place of disconnection. And if you dis- if you disconnect and then come at them, it just perpetuates the issue. So I'm helping them center themselves, go out into the world to be an example of how you center yourself. Because every a person one person who's centered can literally be the wave of positivity that brings the others into their sphere of influence, right? Because negativity is not a, it doesn't last forever and it's not who we really are, so. Right. Well, I'm really fascinated by everything that you're sharing with us. I have, as, we, as we're heading toward the end of the interview here, I have five quick answer questions. Could you tell us this? Who has been most influential in your mindfulness practice? Um, probably my mom. She died when I was 20, but I connect with her still. Oh, wow. So. And, and tell us this, Allison, how has mindfulness affected your emotions, if it has? Um, I understand what my emotions are. I understand they're a guidance system. And so I can bring myself back into a place of feeling good, which opens up this mindfulness aspect, which gives me all the present solutions that I need for positive transformation in the situation that I'm in. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. 
Um, well, <laughs> you got to breathe. <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, as much as I possibly can on any given day, whatever I'm doing. And so I can, I can use mindful meditation in picking clovers from the grass, or I can be sitting trying to connect with spiritual guides or whatever it is, feeling the depth of the breath and feeling the expansiveness and going into it and sort of finding the, in a good way, abyss below, which is connected to everything, I guess you could say. Right, right. So can you recommend a book? And I know we'll talk about your book. We've been talking about it the whole time, but can you recommend another book which is connected to mindfulness? Um, I can and I will, but I would like to say that each, my practice is all about what, uh, asking people to resonate, uh, to find something that resonates with them because everybody's different. So books for me, depending on what book it is, is for the purpose of being present, nobody, no thing, no time, right? That's the purpose of my mindfulness is to become nobody, no thing, no time. So lately I've been reading this one, which is based on, it's called Stories from Your Life, which okay. is based on the book, uh, was made into the movie Arrival. Right. So because I, I, it just takes me into this concept of fiction that I want to start writing. And the other, I'll do two actually. This one is um, The Nature of Personal Reality by Jane Roberts, okay. which is, she was a channel for an entity called Seth back in the 70s. Interesting. Okay, well, I'll put those books in our show notes. So, Mindful Tribe, you can check out all the info in our show notes. Uh, can you share an app which maybe helps with mindfulness? No, what I would do is say timer. Use your timer. Yes. Because if you want to be mindful, if you're in a space where you can't monitor time, set a timer. Or if you want to set a timer just to be like, oh, in five minutes, I want to be mindful. Or whatever. just something. It's cheap. It's easy. It's on your phone. Yeah. Ding. Okay. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know, it's a little light bulb idea that comes yeah, above your yeah. head. It's really valuable. I use that all the time. Yeah, so yeah. very, very helpful. Well, you know, it's really awesome uh, connecting with you. I want to talk with you a little bit more about meditation and, and what meditation looks like for you in your life. Well, for me, for meditation, I know it's supposed to be the quieting of the mind. For years, I used uh, um, athletic activity, like biking. I did triathlons. Yeah, sure. For me, mindfulness, because it means being in the present moment, meant just... Um, cycling or running or swimming or doing something. Mm -hmm. So it's right now I was doing the um, mowing the grass yesterday and picking clovers, literally picking clovers out of the grass <laughs> one by one right. is a form of meditation for me. Writing is actually a form of meditation. So I'm not always sitting still. I do have times where I just sit still and I try to cut everything out. But for me, it's usually I can become more still when I'm doing something to begin with. And then it sort of calms me down and I can sort of go deeper into it. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your insight because it really does help to hear, to hear you with your energy and your knowledge and your wisdom share with us about mindfulness because you truly are an expert at this. How did you gain the mindfulness to write your book? Did it take you a long time? Was it, what was the process like? Um... Well, I've been, I've been doing curriculum on Udemy, and it's not, my curriculum isn't just an everyday curriculum. It actually blends storytelling, a fictional character, with these concepts and personal development. So I've been doing that. Um, and so I had become conditioned and easy with the idea of ideas flowing to me, and I'd been articulating the Accelerate Your Mojo process. So for me, it's a lifestyle. And so to do that, I had opened up to the idea that ideas are always available to me, 
And all I need to do is become mindful in the context of what we're talking about here, become the conduit and not judge them. That's what most people do with books when they're trying to write anything is they go, oh, what if no one likes it? What if it's not good? I'm like, who cares? This is what feels good to me. It's what I'm writing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, honestly, my book isn't for everyone, but the people that like it, then it's for them. Okay, great. (laughs) And you're so relaxed about it. And I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Allison. How can Mindful Tribe reach out to you and connect with you? Um, they can go to my website, the www.living360coaching.com. And that has a bunch of information on how to reach. It's sort of a landing spot to get to these other places like the right. courses or this um, where I have my I have a free course that goes on with the Accelerate Mojo book. They can find it there and sort of like a landing spot. Excellent. So your book's going to be released soon, I understand. May 17th. Amazon. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today, Allison, and all the best with your book launch. Thank you. Okay, bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.